This message was recorded at the Redeemed Christian Church of God Salvation Center, where we're maximizing potential and fulfilling destiny. We pray you'll be blessed as you listen to the following message. Eternal Rock of Ages, the everlasting God, Jehovah, we thank you. We give you praise and we give you glory. We thank you for all that you have done for us. And Lord, we say thank you today and always. Father, as we look into your word of life, I ask Jehovah that you will speak to us. Daddy, that you will teach us by yourself in the name of Jesus. Thank you, blessed Redeemer. In Jesus' mighty name, I have prayed. Amen. Amen. So we have uh, some sort of uh, user error going on right now. Uh, for some reason, I can't sync my iPad to my notes. <laughs> so I'm having to use this gigantic uh, screen. But that's okay. Uh, as my eyes are getting stronger, you know, I can read better on the big screen. Anyway, praise the Lord. So we started something uh, last week. We were talking about rediscovering Christmas. And one of the things that is important for us to know is that Christmas season is a very special season. Everywhere, anywhere you go, Christmas time is special. Uh, I don't know if it was, was it last year we went to Dubai? Or the year, last year. Last year, my family was in Dubai. Even in Dubai, they decorated for Christmas. They have trees, lights, and all kinds of things. You know, so Christmas season is a very special season. Amen? It's, it's a time of peace, hope, love, and joy. But that is not true for everybody, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. So last week, I was talking about rediscovering Christmas, and we talked about waiting on God. Waiting on God. And, and I did say that waiting on God is not easy. Uh, to wait is not an easy thing, uh, for, especially for somebody like me. I, I don't, if I can drive extra five miles just to keep on moving and not be stuck in traffic, you know. But it's difficult for us to wait. But it's important that we wait on the Lord. The Bible says those that wait upon the Lord, they will renew their strength. You know, so there's a purpose to waiting, is what I'm saying. When God will have you and I wait on him for something, it's because he's working certain details out in our story. Uh, we saw the example of Simeon and Anna last week, and we saw that they were not disappointed. God came through for them. God will come through for you as you wait. You know, Abraham waited, Joseph waited, Anna waited, uh, 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 David waited. They all waited on God, and God came through for them. Today, what I want to talk about today is I want to talk about the peace of God. Amen? We're talking about different attributes or different things that the, the birth of Jesus represents in the life of believers. One is it teaches us to wait. The advent is what we talked about last week. And uh, there is peace in Christ Jesus. And you know, as I was researching and getting squared up, uh, set up for the sermon, I read a story that interested me so much and uh, it broke my heart and at the same time, it gladdened my heart. Do you know in Finland, 
In Finland, they have a tradition, a 700-year-old tradition, where on Christmas Eve, they read a declaration of Christmas peace. The mayor of the city goes to the city center and they set up and they declare peace for Christmas. It broke my heart because in America, we, we claim to be a Christian nation, but we are afraid to declare our faith. You can just give me a handheld. In America, we, we, we are, that is who we are. That's who we are. But we are ashamed of our faith. In America, it's uh, difficult, if not impossible, to publicly declare your faith anymore. But in Finland, the government itself, every year, well, they've skipped some years. Of course, during the World War, they didn't have it. You know, but every year, for almost 700 years, they have done it. Every year. Every year. You know, and the declaration is, during this Christmas, everybody must be at peace with everybody. Anyone that commits a crime will be severely dealt with. <laughs> Not just dealt with, severely dealt with. You know, they, they, they say Christmas time is a time of peace. Amen. Let's read the Bible. Uh, let's take our text. Our text is taken from Luke chapter 2, and we're going to read from verse number 8 through 21. Luke chapter 2, 2 through 8. It said, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared unto them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified, but the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Verse 11, the Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Does it not surprise you that God bypasses the high priest? An announcement was not made to the high priest. An announcement was not made to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all the big people. God sent the angel to humble shepherds and declared to them that the Savior, the Messiah, that you have all been waiting for was born today in Bethlehem. We will come back to that. Verse 12, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly, the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, you know, I like the uh, uh, message rendition of that verse, uh, that verse 13. It says, at once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing praises. This is one of the reasons why we have Christmas cantata, you know, because the announcement of the birth of Jesus came with such pomp and 
pageantry. It was a beautiful celebration as the announcement was made. You know, so the Bible says the angel came, made the announcement, and as soon as the announcement was made, a huge angelic choir joined singing praises to God, saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace, you note that, peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to themselves, they said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Interesting. Let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Verse 16, immediately they hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph. And there, and there was the baby lying in the manger. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone. And look at your neighbor. Say the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And what the angel has said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. Verse 20, we'll read 20 and 21, and then we'll close there uh, for this reading. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. It was just as the angel had told them. And then on the eighth day, eight days later, uh, when the baby was circumcised, it was named Jesus, the name given him by the angel even before he was conceived. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in the name of Jesus. What I want to do, what I really want to talk about is the peace. But before we get to the peace, I want to quickly talk about five things that stood out to me as I read uh, this part of the scripture. And I hope it stood out to you. Uh, the number one day I talked about already, the announcement was with such pomp and pageantry. There was a loud noise. There was a huge choir. There was a celebration. Christmas, the birth of Christ, ought to be celebrated. It's a time of joy. It's a time of singing. It's a time of gift exchange. You remember when the wise men came, they came with gifts. So during Christmas, one of the things we do, okay, one of the things people do <laughs> is exchange gifts. Because if I say one of the things we do, I guarantee you my children will challenge me when I get home. You say, I'm their mommy. So one of the things people <laughs> you know, so we, we exchange gifts, we do all of these fun things. And we see that in Luke uh, chapter 10 uh, from 14, uh, 10 to 14 really. Uh, but you saw, the, the Bible says while the, 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 the shepherds were about their business, all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord appears to them. And it did not just come. It came with evidence. The Bible says all of a sudden, there was the radiant glory of God's presence around them. That is something every one of us ought to experience. Amen? And with that, all the singing and everything, the announcement was made. 
So as we celebrate this year, I want you to come for our Christmas cantata and don't just come, invite somebody else. Amen. In Jesus' name. And this was a fulfillment of prophecy. In Micah chapter 5 verse 2, you know, the, what we may not know about Bible history is Bethlehem was a little town. You know, uh, the Bible says the, 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 the elders, the, 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 the priests and all the big people, they say, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything spectacular come out of Bethlehem? You know, don't define yourself by how people have defined you. People will define you and describe you based on their understanding and perception of who you are. The responsibility is on you to let them know who you are. And we will get to that in a little bit. Hallelujah. So he said, oh, 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 but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrata, are only a small village among all the people of Judah, yet a ruler. So it does not matter what you think of yourself. What is important is what God has said. What God said the Lord. Number two, very quickly. Remember, this is not really where we're going. Number two, very quickly, is once they got the message, they made a decision. They made a decision. Many of us, a lot of things have been said to us. Some, you have been counseled. You have been given information. Do you know knowledge is simply information? Knowledge does not help anybody if it remains information. So somebody gives you information. If you don't, you can have information and not comprehend the information. So the comprehension of the information is what we call understanding. Now you have information, you have comprehension, until you act on it, it is totally useless to you. And that is what we call wisdom. So they got information, is all they got. They could have sat on it, but they didn't. They made a decision. They said, let's go investigate this thing for ourselves. Or Dinaka, uh, uh, during uh, FOL, gave a testimony. She said she saw something, you know, online. She clicked, and she, she, she just forgot about it. She said, this thing cannot be true. She was desiring God for a, a, a laptop, you know. And then they, they said they would give laptop, and they said, this is not true. But she went ahead. Yes. <laughs> the worst that can happen is they will say no. I feel sorry for a lot of people. You know, information is floating all around. All around. They stop, so the answer you are looking for, can I shock you this morning? It's not far removed from you. God does not hide things from us. He hides them for us. He hides them what? For us. It's yours. Yours to discover and yours to take. Amen. They made a decision. Not only did they make a decision, they followed through. This story kind of reminds me of those lepers by the uh, gates of Samaria. They consulted themselves. They said, look, if we stay here, we will for sure, we will die of hunger. He said, but let's go to the enemy's camp. Perhaps they will spare us. 
Too many people are in what the Bible calls the valley of decision. You keep dilly-dallying. You keep dilly-dallying. You know, nothing ventured, nothing gained. If you don't take the step of faith, you won't fail, but surely you won't pass. Stuck in the rut. And then they, th they follow through. Number four, they shared the good news. The Bible says they went and told everyone what they had heard and what they had seen. Part of the challenge we have today is we don't tell others about Christ anymore. We don't share the gospel. I had a few wonderful, heartwarming testimonies this week. Uh, Dickiness Olufunke, where is she? Oh, there she is. Dickiness Olufunke, turns out her older sister was a member of the last church that I served in Nigeria before coming here. So when she went home, she was talking about her pastor, Pastor Koye. Ah, pastor Koye. I know Pastor Koye. Pastor Koye was my pastor. Her old, I'm telling you. But here's the testimony. The fact that she knew me is not the testimony. <laughs> I'm not that important. Here's the testimony. She said to me, on I didn't ask. I didn't ask anything. She said to me, she said, my sister is a solid believer. She said she prayed all of us into the kingdom. She got saved and she did not let go of it. She said she prayed all of us. That her older sister is now a parish pastor in Nigeria. It's underwhelming, that's okay. But watch this. Why am I telling you this? That, that's not information that I solicited, but it meant so much to her that she wanted me to know. She said, my sister prayed for me until I got saved. Who are you praying for? Who am I praying for? Or are we pointing fingers and saying, all these umbells? That's what we used to call people back in the day. I don't know if they still do that now. I see Pastor Ibuku nodding. We say all the umbells. That's what they called us back in the umbells. We were umbells. Praise the Lord. And then I, I, Bible study. Dr. Selena, she's not here. She excellent Bible study on Tuesday. You know? Sister Fran, on Friday, when she was testifying, I knew what she was talking about. I connected everything. You know, many of us, we are hearing sermons Sunday after Sunday, Tuesday after Tuesday, but we do nothing with it. She said, the message that I've heard tonight has convicted me. And she said, the people that I blocked I've been preaching to them. I've been evangelizing. But they are not listening. In fact, they are insulting me on top of it. So I blocked them. And they are my family. She said, I blocked them. But guess what? She heard the word. The word pricked her heart. She said, surely as I'm going home tonight, I'm unblocking everybody. The purpose of the word is to change our heart and mind. 
Somebody told me last Sunday, said, Pastor, after we heard the sermon on building bridges, said we decided to take action. We acted upon it to bring about a reconciliation. Friends, sermons and Bible study is not for us to get excited and say, preach it! If it's not impacting how you live, as far as you are concerned, it is useless. But my heart was encouraged that many are hearing and many are acting upon the word. Did it not interest you? Watch this. So they shared the news. Verse 20. This one struck me. <laughs> Verse 20. It says, the shepherds went back to their flocks. Say, so what's the big deal? I'll tell you what the big deal is. They just had a revelation. They saw angels with naked eyes. They saw heaven's choir. They had just been told that the Messiah is born. They have proprietary information. <laughs> they knew where the Messiah was born. The, the angel gave them details. If it was in today's world, a ministry would start. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Oh, yes. A ministry will be birthed immediately. Give it any name you like. We see angels. We hear from God. Glory. Ah, no, no, no. Our church is Glory Tabernacle. Don't use that one. <laughs> Our first parish that we planted is called Glory Tabernacle. That's not... The Radiant Glory Ministries. They will abandon their work and begin to pursue what God has not sent them. The Bible says they, they did their assignment, they did their task, and they went back to their post. They went back to their post. They didn't go challenge the high priest. He said, God did not show you, but he showed us. So now we are superior to you. We have better information than you. God uses simple methods and simple people to accomplish his purpose. Amen? Simple. It's not big things and it's not big people. It's just in church today, we go by title. If they don't have a title, they can't talk to me. If you are having a celebration, a naming ceremony and something, pastor is one man. And I asked one of the ministers to represent me. It will be trouble. Ah, some people say, can you imagine? Pastor is too big. He can't come for my own. Hallelujah. They went back to their post. And back in those days, if you know Bible history, shepherds were like common men. They, they were not special people. You know, because they're always thinking from the sheep. They smell like the sheep that they, they heard. But God chose them. God chooses the simple things of this world to confound the wise. Listen. And if I can't get to the rest of it today, that's fine. Because this is important. As I was meditating on this, one of the things I remembered is a lot of times 
is not what our situation really is, but our perception of ourselves in our situation that defeats us. Many people are casting out demons that do not exist. I'll give you an example. So Moses sent 12 spies to go spy the promised land. They went and they came back, all 12 of them. And 10 of the spies said, Ah! Oh, they have giants in that land. No, no, no. They didn't start with that. They said the land is good. The grapes, the grapes are juicy. The fruit, oh my goodness, sweet. The land is good, but there are giants in the land. Excuse me. Were they sent there to go examine the people that live in the land? No. No. And when they came back, watch this. Numbers 13, verse 33. Numbers 13, 33. They came back with this. They said, we even saw the Nephilim, uh, the Nephilim giants, the Anak giants from the Nephilim. Along, alongside them, watch, this is them, okay. They are giving a report about themselves. They said, we went as you told us. And when we got there, in the previous verses, it talks about the fruits and everything. He said, but in the land, we saw giants. You see that? We saw giants. He said, next to them, you see that? We felt like grasshoppers. The people did not say they were like grasshoppers. These people are not following. <laughs> Let me come over here. The people did not say to them, little you, don't you see how tall we are? We are giants. We are bigger and better than you. They didn't say that. They said, we standing next to them, we felt like grasshoppers. Watch this now. And that's what they thought too. Did they ask their opinion? Did they ask anybody there? They didn't ask. It wasn't like they asked the giants, how do you see us relative to you? They made their own conclusion about themselves and their situation. But here is what they forgot. And this is what most of us believers have forgotten. What they forgot is what we have forgotten. Going there, let's jump, let, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 5. Look at your neighbor, say, it's not about you. It's about God's promise. When you look at yourself, you will see inadequacies. Am I inadequate? Absolutely, I'm inadequate. Oh, fake it till you make it. You can try. But the fact is, I am inadequate. But this is what God said. Watch this. Are you following? If you catch this, then I have done my job today. 
it is, this is God speaking. It is not because you are so good or have such integrity that you are about to occupy their land. God made a promise to you. He said, I will give you the land. I will give you the land. And God is here reminding them through Moses. He says, the land I'm about to give to you, I'm not giving you that land because you are so good. In fact, in another verse, it says you are stubborn. Meaning, you don't deserve it. He said, it is not because you are so good or have such integrity that I'm going to give you that land. Said the Lord your God will drive these nations out ahead of you only because of their wickedness and to what? Let's read the rest of it together. To fulfill the oath he swore to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The reason he's giving them the land is not because of them. The reason he's giving them the land is not because they have a better army. The reason he's giving them the land is not because they are smarter. The reason he's giving them the land is not because they are more righteous. Because he told them, he said, the reason is the wickedness of the other people, and because I made a promise, I made an oath with your father Abraham. Friends, your conclusion about yourself has nothing to do with God. Amen? I can't do it. I can't make it. It's not going to happen. It's too difficult. It's too challenging. It's not working. All of that, all of those stories that we tell is a conversation between us and ourselves. The promise of God will be established if you can lay hold and key into it. You know, this time of the year is sweet and sour. You know, for majority, it's an exciting time. It's a time of joy, a time of cooking, a family time, and all of those things. But there are people that a time like this reminds them of a loss. Reminds them of what used to be and isn't anymore. For some, it's a time of heaviness. And for some others, you know, a time like this, when you have deadlines, you have quota to meet, and it's not looking like you can make the quota, many people are under severe stress. Overwhelmed with cares. Well, I have a word for you today. That Jesus is the peace in the midst of the storm. Amen. The Bible says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. And in John 15, 15, 
Jesus said to his disciples, if you follow scripture very well, uh, from about the 12th chapter of the Gospel of John, Jesus is having private ministry with his disciples. He's not doing public ministry anymore. He's pouring into them to prepare them for what is about to come. He said to them, he said, John 15, 15, he said, I no longer call you slaves because a master doesn't confide in his slaves. Now you are my friends. Jesus calls you friend. And he's saying, there is a friend that sticks closer to you than a brother. If only I can put my hope and my confidence in the right place and in the right person. Joshua, remember the story of Joshua. I mean, to come up behind a man like Moses is not an easy task. In fact, Vicky, Holy Ghost Night, Victoria was like, how do you come behind that? Well, Sister Fran, so how do you come up behind that? Moses was a force. Still revered in Israel till today. When Joshua came up behind him, he was afraid. What am I going to do? Can I be like Moses? Can I be successful? Am I going to fail? You know? And again, because he worked so closely with Moses, he knew the pains of Moses. Is the reason many of you don't want to be a pastor. I have seen what you have been through. You just be suffering for us. <laughs> you be suffering. We'll be praying for you. You just keep suffering for us. He had seen him up close. That is why God had to reassure Joshua. And I believe God is reassuring somebody here today. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, So be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not panic before them. For the Lord your God, watch this, will personally, somebody say personally. The Lord your God will personally go ahead of you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. Friends, if you don't know anything else about God, many years ago, I did a series on the things God cannot do. Things God cannot do. God cannot fail. God cannot abandon you. Amen? He said, God, it will neither fail nor abandon you. And was God there for uh, 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 Joshua? Absolutely. Uh, some of you will say that's Old Testament. Show us New Testament stuff. Hebrews 13.5 says pretty much the same thing. He said, don't love money. Don't be covetous. Is how the old King James puts it. Say, be satisfied with what you have. Every time you are comparing yourself against anybody else, you are putting yourself in danger. It's not what you always what you think. You know, oh, they are better than me. No, there are times that you measure yourself against people you are better than, and it prevents you from seeing the height that God is taking you. Amen. For God has said, I will never fail you. I say amen to that. Amen. I will never abandon you. 
Amen. I'm going to leave you with this. I have three points there, but I will just, that's the first one. I will wrap it up with this. And I want you to read with me very carefully. The understanding of this will transform our lives. Open your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6 and from verse 48. Mark 6 from 48. So the background here is Jesus sent the disciples. They were on the sea and there's a storm at sea. Okay? That's the background. So he saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. Can I assure you today, whatever situation you are going through, God can see you. I go back to Vicky again. Vicky said she had a list that she wanted to hide from God. Then she realized that God can see it anyway. <laughs> Amen? Watch this. He saw them that they were in trouble. He saw that they were rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. About three o'clock in the morning. Listen closely now. This is scripture. This is not me. You should see it on the screen. You see that? About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them. The old King James says, and he will have walked past them. Can I tell you something today? Every day, every day, there's a miracle walking to you or walking past you. Oh, either way. Because the supernatural is where God lives. There is no shortage of miracles, signs, and wonders with God. They were struggling. Jesus saw them. And he was walking towards them and would have walked past them. The question you must ask yourself is why was he going to walk past them? When you read the script, this text, you read it in context... The Bible says they saw him, they were terrified, they thought he was a ghost, and then they screamed when they realized he was the one. They called out to him. Some people think because God sees you that you are suffering, he will just, he will come in and just swap in and just deliver you. The last time he did that, man accused God. God saw that he was alone. He said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a help me suitable. When they sinned, he said, it's the woman you gave me. Did I ask you? I want you to rise to your feet this morning. Like they say, a closed mouth is a closed destiny. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We encourage you to fellowship with us here at Salvation Center if you are in the San Antonio area. For more information, visit our website at www.rccgsanantonio.org.